What's up? Hisses Tylex, sensing something unusual must have happened for him to have been jerked backwards so violently. Nothing, just my laptop playing up. She lies. Nearly gave me whiplash. He says. Whiplash? With no neck? I don't think so. You're a tile, remember? Serena is definitely not in the mood for Tylex today. Serena is spared having to talk to Tylex, although she soon wishes she was. Through her partly open bedroom door, she hears the doorbell ringing. Then her mother's voice speaking in serious tones to whoever is visiting their home. She hears her mother say, Come in, the living room's through here. Fancy a coffee? I was just about to make myself one. It's no trouble. Serena hears a deep male voice say, Thanks, Mrs Drummond. That should be lovely. Alarm bells ring inside Serena's head, but she's unsure why. She climbs out of bed and walks unsteadily to the landing, due to having been bedbound in the depths of depression for so long. Making sure she's well out of sight, she listens as best she can to the murmur of the conversation inside the living room. Luckily, Beatrice has kept the door open, so although difficult, Serena can just about make out what they are discussing. What she hears makes her grip the wall for support. Mrs Drummond, I know what I'm about to say to you might seem out of the ordinary. Some might say downright outlandish, but I need to talk to you about some deep concerns I have. Don't. You're scaring me, Superintendent. It's ex-Superintendent these days. Call me John. Mrs Drummond, call me Beatrice, John. Right, Beatrice. Now we've got the name sorted out, I'll carry on. He sighs as though troubled by his thoughts, sliding a hand through his unruly grey hair as it's been blowing a gale outside. Beatrice can see the elderly man is struggling with whatever he needs to say to her. Wish the silly old fool would hurry up with whatever he wants to say. I need to collect Tristan from school soon. I don't have long to talk, John, but I need to get to school in under an hour. I'll be as quick as I can. I have to be in Liverpool later, so this is just a flying visit. Liverpool? Isn't that an awful business that's gone on there? Twelve dead in the safety of their own homes. Shocking news. Such odd deaths. Bit like the strange death of my next-door neighbour, Dean Wattle, found under tons of rubble in my other neighbour's skip. Police are just clueless about that death, too. Yes, indeed, they seem to be. My visit to Liverpool is connected to investigations I've been making for some time now. I was superintendent in Ireland at the time of Jimmy Poodle's death. I lost two highly valued DCIs at the time. I believe all three bizarre deaths could be related. John watches her face fall as she's thrown back to the horrendous few weeks when Serena was hospitalised after the deranged poodle youth had attacked her so viciously. You're surely not going to rake up all that terrible business again, are you? My daughter is bedbound after all that. Plus, she recently lost her boyfriend, Jake. Jake Forsyth. Jake was her boyfriend. I didn't realise that. I knew of his strange death here in Manchester. Him and a girl. Uh, Patricia Blunt. John sits bolt upright in his chair, almost spilling his coffee. He places the mug on the coffee table to prevent a messy accident. Now I'm even more certain Serena's got some tricky questions to answer. Now I've established such a strong link to Jake Forsyth. Well, she could have had a possible motive. Now I just need to dig around until I unearth what her motive was, and how she managed to do him in. Well, technically Jake was her ex. They'd broken up shortly before his death. Beatrice is in two minds whether to mention the baby her daughter had lost at the time, but reconsidered. Might be oversharing. Don't want to bring up such personal stuff as a miscarriage to a stranger. Serena is livid. Her mother is being so dangerously chatty to this man. 
then realises Beatrice doesn't know the full extent of her daughter's profound involvement in the deaths, so is innocently jeopardising Serena's safety. Got to put a stop to this somehow. Right now, before she drops me in it even more. Without having time to formulate a decent plan, she limps downstairs and flings the half-open door wide, so hard it bangs against the wall. When she's treated to their shocked expressions, she remembers her dressing gown is still hanging on the back of her bedroom door. She's only wearing a nightie, a slightly transparent one at that. Serena says the first thing that comes into her brain. Sorry to interrupt you. Really need a drink of juice. Think I'm running a temperature. Jeez, Serena, be quick about it. We're talking about something important and haven't got much time. 